Welcome to Conversations about Crohn's and Colitis. I'm your host, Sonia Goins. Approximately 25,000 Minnesotans are impacted by the inflammatory bowel diseases. However, many folks are in the dark when it comes to education and empowerment. But we're hoping to change that by having an open dialogue. Uh, so my name is Laurel Schwartz. I was diagnosed when I was about nine years old, and I am 25 now. Wow. So how has your disease impacted you? Um, my disease has impacted me in a lot of ways. I think that for me it's a little bit... It's, to point to one thing is a, is a bit of a challenge because I've lived with it for so long. It's a bit um, just what's normal for me at this point to understand that my body will have a wide variety of, of experiences in this world and that I um, am always flexible <laughs> with that. Um, I think for me in particular, it's hard for me to say like, I think about this often because in the chronic illness community, I think especially there's this tendency to celebrate or acknowledge anniversaries, anniversaries of how long you've had an illness, anniversaries of how long it's been since you started a medication, or how long it's been since you have had a big surgery. And for me, I don't really, I can't point to a moment I got sick. I don't remember the day I was diagnosed. I don't remember like when all of that changed. I just know that it hasn't always been like this. Do you put in your mind and say, you really don't wanna, you don't wanna remember? No, I don't think so. And I think that for me, I certainly living chronically ill has been a challenge. But you have Crohn's. Yeah, I have Crohn's. I'm, I'm super fortunate in that I live in a family where A, I've had a family <coughs> in the medical community. So my, my dad is a physician and my mom was a nurse and we knew how to navigate that system. My um, on top of that, I come from a family that can afford to navigate that system and can afford medication and can afford, has health insurance, right? And I think that for me, I only see acknowledging both my illness and what it's take to, taken to management and what it means that I have access to that as something that I need to do. I like don't try to not think about it. I try to always think about who I am, why am I this way, what tools and resources do I have access to because of my positionality, because of my class, because of my race, because of my socioeconomic status. That means that I have a different experience in this, in this experience um, that other people may not have and how can I, by actively acknowledging that, by actively talking about my story, by actively engaging other people in their stories, make it so that people feel less shame, people have the educational literacy of the medical system to navigate the system, people feel like they can, if they're in a workplace, ask for the kinds of accommodations they need to best be able to do their job. Because it is embarrassing, especially when you, like you said, like you don't have the resources and you feel like there's no help out there. What, would, right. what advice would you give people? Um, I always come back to this idea that we need to get okay with the idea <laughs> that it's okay to not be okay. And I mean that in two ways, because oftentimes people think that I only mean it in the sense that, like, not everyone's the same. Um, when I say it's okay to not be okay, 
I mean that first, it's okay if your body is not um, working in the way that society thinks it should. We have a world that is incredibly traumatic <laughs> and, and um, it's not set up for people with chronic illnesses to really navigate the world in, in, in a healthy way. And we need to understand as a society that not everybody's body is the same. And it's okay if your body is not the way, it's not operating in the world the way it's supposed to. The second part about this is when it's okay to not be okay. So it's okay if your body is not perfect, if your body is not what society thinks it should be. It's also okay to be really upset about that. And so often I feel like, particularly in chronic illness communities, there's this idea that I'm fighting. I'm fighting a chronic illness. I'm fighting to be heard, to be seen, to live in this world. Um, and that fight is valid. But what happens when we say like, this is, this sucks, yeah. right? And, and how do we create space for that and create space to be really upset? Well, especially because people can't really see on the outside that you have Crohn's or you have mm -hmm. colitis. They see a healthy person mm -hmm. and they wonder, you know, what's wrong with this person? She's, she might have a handicap sticker or, mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah. kind of hard to, to fight invisible diseases. Right, and I, and I will say, um, so the project I've been working on for the last few years, um, I've screened it at festivals, I've screened it at... Let's back up, tell people yeah. about your project. So um, I made a film about two years ago, and it's a very short film. It's literally three minutes and 47 seconds. But in that time, I kind of create a chron chronology of my life. Um, and, it, and it resonates with people. And I realize that it resonates with people for a lot of reasons. I, in the film, explain all of the things I've done with my life right up against all of the challenges I've had in my life in a way of deconstructing. So when you see me in college or talking about being in college and winning awards and graduating with honors, and I also talk about how my senior spring of my senior semester, I had meningitis, which is um, on top of Crohn's. You had meningitis. Yeah, but I mean, it's I mean, I'm immunocompromised because of my Crohn's, so right, I see all right. of that as as one thing, right? Like right. that's a complication, um, and and that's just that's not just meningitis, right? That's because so then I had meningitis, which then in my mind I'm like, well, am I going to be able to graduate? Am I going to be able to get a job? Um, if I can't graduate, which then it's like, okay, so now I'm having panic attacks, and it's this, it, this bigger thing, right? But you see college awards, graduating with honors, job offer, not, not the rest of that. And, and I realized that when I screen this, either at festivals or at diversity and inclusion trainings, um, or at like companies, people respond not to the people respond not to the specifics of my story but to the idea that everybody is fighting an internal battle everybody is like walks around the world with all this armor saying like i can i am going to live in this world the way the world thinks i should be and nobody takes the time to check in and say how are you doing and actually really listen right right so when i do that and i and i come into a big company and i share this very vulnerable three minutes and 47 seconds of my life, all I'm doing, my story may be about, maybe in part, I don't say all, but in part about chronic illness, 
But really, it's a story about being vulnerable. And it's saying that I'm being vulnerable right now, so I'm giving you permission to be vulnerable, too. It's also about being strong, because it takes a lot of guts, no pun, yeah. to tell your story. You know, it's not easy to tell your story, you know? Right, and, and I think that in, on, in all of this, right? Um, so I'm certainly interested in chronic illness, and I, and I see chronic illness not as a definitive characteristic of me, but instead as like a pillar in a much larger story about who I am as a daughter, as a sister, as a friend, um, as a student, as an academic, as an artist. And um, I think that in order to address, in order to help people feel strength and brave in telling their stories, we need to start to understand that everybody has something they're dealing with internally. Right. And how do we shine a light on helping people feel validated in their own story? So my, my way of doing that is saying, look, this is all mine. Everybody has their stuff. Everybody this, has baggage. I tell my kids everybody that. Everybody has their baggage. Everybody has baggage. Yeah, and, and this happens to be some of mine. Um, it is a core part of how I see the world. I want to know what yours is. Because once we talk about yours, whether yours is chronic illness or it's um, a learning disability or it's financial problems or it's family struggles or it's you know living navigating a system of oppression in this world that everybody experiences no matter how much privilege you have we begin to understand each other better and we can you know certainly in the chronic illness community like we need educational resources we need a cure we need a cure <laughs> um, but really we need to listen to each other and we need to listen to each other like across illnesses, like across disabilities, across marginalizations. So how is my experience as a chronically ill woman, um, you know, like where does my womanhood play into that and where does my gender identity play into the healthcare I receive? Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you it does. There are scientific oh, studies about, oh, yeah. there are scientific studies about the inter about young women literally not getting the care they need because uh, of the psychosocial situation in in, in the medical field, right? Um, so we really need to be listening to each other in new ways and thinking about the intersection of all of these problems, the intersection of oppression in general, um, and figuring out how we can be kind to, one, to each other. And that's where it comes down to. It's yeah. like, no matter what you're going through, I've seen people with chronic illnesses be really mean. I'm like, why would you do that? You know, I've seen, I've heard, seen people yell at nurses and doctors. I'm just like, Come on, just because you're sick, that doesn't give you a right to be mean, you right. know? So. Right. And you don't know what that nurse or doctor was going through right. that day, right? right? They, right. They, could, they could be dealing with a chronic illness themselves, but exactly. because you see them as up and doing and able and, and you know, navigating their life, you have no idea. Um, so, yeah, my thing is, like, how can we, and I try to do this through art, um, how can we create spaces to actually check in with each other? Um, how can we lead with radical vulnerability so that other people feel like it's okay to also be, be vulnerable and talk about the things that are going on in their lives, be it chronic illness, be it um, any, other, any other thing they're navigating. I think mental health is a huge, huge thing we don't talk about in the chronic illness oh, yeah. community nearly enough. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what happens when we start to understand mental health as health. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because uh, mental health problems are the same as like 
whether you have Crohn's or and they, they go hand in hand to be honest with 100%, you. 100%. Yeah. And it's, you know, and I think, well, especially I'm black in the African American community, sometimes it's a stigma mm -hmm. to ask for help. But I'm just mm -hmm. like, no, you need help, get get the help you need. Right. To me, I think that's a sign of strength. Right. And, and how do we create spaces where people feel like it's okay to acknowledge they even need help? Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, I think the first, you know, radical vulnerability and like me like trying you know putting myself out there as part of it but I mean how do we make healthcare clinics um, mental health care part of your treatment plan when you when you have a chronic illness how do we make workplaces with accessible <laughs> mental health services so that if you're in mental health services maybe then you can also feel more comfortable asking for the health care accommodations you need in your job um, and how do we make it so that those services don't have shame attached to them because um, they often do especially with mental health yeah right yeah. right well um your project is awesome tell folks how they can view your your movie yeah so my film is out on themighty.com right now um you can watch it there read a little bit about the backstory about what i'm doing with it it's also part of um, the Real Abilities Film Project, so occasionally they'll screen all over the country. Um, I go to a lot of companies with them to talk about the work we're doing. And yeah, check it out online. And what's the title again? It's called Running Breathless, A Self-Portrait. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much.